0: yeah i think my main motivations on developer experience is my my laziness i am being lazy to do some repetitive things for example like if you need to import the components in to use in area of your components and the register i kind of feel that i'm kind of being reluctant to do it i would try to find a better way to do it so i can have my code better organized or have my development speed faster
1: Kate Trahan, the producer of PodRocket, and with me today is Noel Chow, the host of PodRocket. Welcome, Noel. Yo, hey, Kate. How's it going today? Good. I'm good. How are you? Good. And joining us as a guest today is Anthony Fu. Um, Anthony is an engineer at uh, Nux Labs. He's also the creator of VDist, Slide Dev, Vue Use, and Uno CS, uh, CSS. He also is the core member of Vue Next and Vite. Um, so there's a lot going on. So uh, we, we can dive in here. Um, maybe Anthony, just tell us a little about, uh, about yourself and um, we can get started from there.
0: Yeah. And hello, everyone. So yeah, my name is Anthony Fu and I'm really being glad to be here.
1: And yeah. Cool. Awesome. Can you tell us, just kind of give us a quick run through on kind of what, projects you're involved, and maybe to start with, how did you kind of get into the Vue ecosystem and find yourself contributing to all these projects that are, uh, you know, like such staples in that ecosystem today?
0: Yeah, I think um, I think uh, uh, my kind of foreign development uh, experience is kind of uh, beginning as my college freshman year. At that time, I kind of wanted to build a website of myself. So that times I starting to use Python plus jQuery for, for for the front end. And then I kind, um, there's a hype for Vue, which is kind of being really popular in the Chinese community. And it's also being branded as very easy to learn, right? And that times I kind of think, okay, maybe I should learn this thing and maybe give it a try. So I, you, I starting to use Vue to kind of refactoring my, my website and use view, uh, to build apps. So yeah, I had been like using view for kind of few years and at my, my senior year, uh, in my college. And I, I kind of build up an app and, and kind of financial apps with my, a few of my, my classmates to trying to use, uh, view and to have some, some, some kind of like, um. Uh, an app to be like useful yeah, for the, for the normal user. And, and that, at that times, um, view three is about to come out. And there's an RFC called like, uh, composition API, which is originally called function API, which is um, an overhaul, overhaul of the, the API style of how you write view components. And at that times, that would be a bit like, uh, some kind of discussion, some people don't really like it or don't really like the changes. But um for a new things, that's inevitably like people would kind of be a denial of it, right? So there's a plugins for back to view two to like backporting the new features back to view to and so people could try it uh by using that tools. So um basically uh me starting to being more involved with the view community. I mean, open source instead of the, um, just in user. And I think it's starting from there. And at the time I want to use that API's to, to build some cool stuff and inspiring from the React hooks. So at that time I made a view use, uh, which is a composition API libraries for view and, and also later, uh, I was trying to like being, uh, a library both compatible for view two and three. So. And, uh, at that, at that time, the, the dependencies, one of the dependencies does not get really, uh, maintained. So I kind of figured out maybe, um, I could take some time to like helping me, uh, helping maintaining it. So I send an, an issue saying, okay, I'm volunteer to maintain this project, to keep this project running. So that's kind of being the, the first step for me to join the view
1: team. Nice, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit about a whole bunch of stuff today. I want to cover Vue use and Vite and V test. Um, but now you find yourself at Nuxt Labs, right? Can you tell us, like, kind of how how you wound up there and what you're working on uh, with Nuxt?
0: Okay, so basically, I um, think I'm g- kind of getting more involved with the Vue team. I'm starting to to see that's more thing to could improved for uh, the developer experience for Vue and. At the time, uh, view three is out and the, the whole ecosystem needs to be catch up with the new, new version and to, to, to kind of get hands on the new features. And maybe we could have more, uh, new conventions come out or like new, new practice for, with the new APIs, right? So I kind of starting to build more tools around view and that kind of being a bit, uh, kind of overlap with the, what Nuts is doing. And, uh, the, the creator of Nuxt, Sebastian reached me out and saying, um, yeah, I, I see you kind of work is, is looking great. And do, what do you think if, if, uh, to join, join Nux to work on Nuxt? And yeah, it's, it's basically like, uh, we are basically working on a bit of, uh, similar to a bit kind of like similar things, right? So if I kind of helping viewed, the ecosystem to get better is also helps not nu- it's also helping nux to get better since nux is using vue so that's kind of being why um i kind joined nux which is really uh, what i am enjoying doing and yeah basically after joining nux i i kind still doing quite similar to what i used to do which is now i get paid yeah which is really great to work on things i i enjoy
1: Nice. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's the dream of a lot of, a lot of devs, especially those interested in open source, right? Like, being able to focus a bunch of time on open source, uh, in like a very supported project and have support, financial support for that as well. Um, cool. Again, so I want to spend a lot of time talking about, uh, and VEAT test. Um, but before, let's talk about Vue use a little bit. So if you're like, let's say you're a Vue user or even like a, you know, uh, let's say you're not using Vue, but you have context for how React works and everything. Can you contextualize, like, what is Vue use? Why might devs reach for it?
0: Okay, yeah. So, so first, I guess I need to talk about about the reactivity. So basically, uh, we have a, a in Vue, we kind of providing a ref to holding a value, and when for reactivity is meaning that when you change the value of the of the ref. Or, or, or anything holding it. So it will notify the other, um, for example, the view, the, the rendering, uh, the UIs or the other, other data, like relying on this data. So if this changes, it will auto- automatically notify the, its dependencies to up- update them. So if you change a uh, value of the riff, for example, if you're binding it to a UIs for for your title, I guess. And when you change it, your the titles in your uis will also change it so you don't need to care about that's how you update the uis or keep keep in line with them you you got a single source of choose of the data and when you change the data the, the the ui is being driven by data so and this is the like initial idea of view and in view composition by extracting out so you can have really fine find going control of which uh, value you, you want to be in reactive or which is not so for reactive uh, for view use is to providing a, a, a collection of tools or utilities around with the views uh, reactivity so for example like uh, when you want to have a components and you want to listening to something for example maybe uh, you want to listen to the, the position of your mouse so Normally without view, you, you, you may just use, uh, window dot add event listener and mouse, right? I think it's mouse move. And then uh, you, you can got the events. And at that times, uh, when you don't uh, when, when you kind of finish the test, you want to, um, having, an, having another page that you don't need, you don't need the event anymore. But you, you have to remember that you need to unregister using remove event listener. Otherwise it will still keep it running and, That'll be a bit hard to handle it. All right. So in view, uh, view components handle a bit of that is that it will remove the components, re- remove the DOMs when the components get unmounted. And with view use, we kind of providing a, a utility called a use event listener, which, which is basically you can thinking that it will register events and to get it reactive and when the components get disposed, it will be removed automatically. So you don't need to care about the rest of it. And with this, uh, we can build on top of that to maybe providing a high level. We can say use mouse. And we, in setting off to return an event and a callback each time, we just return the riff called X and Y. So you can get the, the value of the, the XY position of your mouse in real time. And without ne- worrying about that's how you update the values, which uh which is basically uh how vueus is doing and we're providing um hundreds of such things. Either it's a wrapper of the web APIs or either some utilities helping you to transform your data.
1: Nice, nice. So are I guess um are there are there other functions or or hooks that like are super commonly used? Like do you guys have any idea which which functions in the library are the ones that get Referenced the most. Oh yeah, I just
0: did that. Uh, I think uh, a few days ago, I just grabbed all the dependency. Yeah, in in GitHub, you you got a dependent list of how uh, how many repos is relying on this package, and I write a script to, to crawl down all the repos and to do the scanning of their code and to to count which function is used. Since um recently, I'm um, uh, we just released the. Uh, 9.0 version, which uh, is a new merge, major version. And I kind of feel we got uh, quite a lot of functions and I'm thinking to kind of remove some like uh, not really commonly used APIs to make it more concise something. Yeah, so I, I wrote a script and I think it turns out yeah, I need to check, but I think for high place is one when, uh, when it's called use storage that you can turn and riff into uh, a persistence into your local storage. So when you change the value, it will write to your local storage. And when you refresh the page, it will be auto loaded. So you you can sync this one, uh, this ref will be persist across uh, each sections, and will, will be storing in users device. And the other one I think is for is called on outside. You can bind the ref to the to it, and when you click outside, it's really use useful for a dialog or for a mode. You, when you click out, you a know, close it or something. You, you want to trigger something.
1: Yeah, on click outside does seem super, super useful. I found myself in like every framework I've worked on, like writing the equivalent of that in some form. So like having a hook or a function pre-built for it that can listen for that reference and like trigger updates, that does seem super, super useful. Enjoying the podcast? Consider hitting that follow button for even more great episodes. Yeah and then I guess I'm I'm curious too about the the use local storage. Uh I know I know we're kind of like beyond this point of like using redux or vuex for like storing state but do you think these utility functions in these in these kind of um like hook libraries are Kind of what's pushing us away from things like those those uh, like session storage libraries because we can just like use local storage with these nice hook components and make it a lot easier to like reference that state. Do you think that that is pushing kind of that general trend?
0: Yeah, I think um, I think in view uh, in views new composition API in general, it it some it can it can replace Vuex uh, at some extent. So you, you can just, um, have a riff as a, as a modules and then you can import that modules from everywhere. And so that you can have a shared state. But, um, I think indeed that's can, uh, can cover some like simple cases. So, uh, you just want to, um, have a value, right? And I think the, the, the storage or VueX X or recently the Pinia is, is providing, uh, the functionality of, uh, for example, like for SSR compatibility. Um, if you have a shared variables across multiple components, when we'll you render the, the apps multiple times, it will be shared, right? So it won't be clear. Uh, wh- so, uh, the, um, the data from, uh, the previous request will be processed on the next one, which is not good. So, um, so the storage libraries ha- kind of handles that. And also it can providing you to better organize of your, of your code and how your, your state. And I think also for, for dev tool support, it will fire up an event to the dev tool. So you can see that when you change the, de- change the values. And I don't think that's of uh, the, the hooks kind of like use storage will conflict with the, uh, the, the store, the store libraries, but instead, um, that's a uh, quite common, common conventions that people would use PINIA, which is uh, a storage base. Uh, it's, comp- uh, it's a composition, uh, it's a composition API based their storage uh, library. And it's, it's now the the default recommendation of uh, from ViewStory. And um, I can see that it's a common pattern is that people use PINIA to control their states and combining with use log storage to, to do the persistent So, you can just pass in a a used um use storage rift to to the pinut so the that part of data will be preserved so you can you can still get the benefits of your uh storage library while you can persist them very easy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it makes sense to me that, like, you know, there's data that you want to have, like, just persisted in in JavaScript, in memory, like, at runtime versus, like, putting stuff in local storage permanently. Um, I just, I, I find it interesting because, again, like, it's so common. People say, like, oh, we don't really need Vuex anymore. Like, you have, you know, hooks and components and all these tools. But it's like, I feel like there's still kind of, it's not always quite as easy as it was in the days of just like, oh, we have this global state, you can reference it everywhere. Um so yeah, I was kind of I was kind of curious if you thought that that was like a, a piece in that in that puzzle of like well it's easy to store stuff in local storage now with hooks it makes it nice and clean um but yeah I think I think you covered it well um yeah I guess are there any other uh like interesting developments recently in in use that might be interested to devs that haven't interesting to devs that haven't checked it out in a while
0: um so so in VueUs, we're trying to make H functions as more composable as possible or like more flexible as possible. So um, at the uh, I think at the 4.0 stage, uh, we, which is now like 9.0. And we kind introduce a uh, in convention is that uh for each hooks or, or each, uh, utilities, um, we're accepting raw values as an argument. Or also uh, if you want to providing a rift, it's also due. So um for example like uh that means uh, we have a, a function called use title. Which update the, the title of your tab or your website, um, with a value. And if you, if you use title with a string, it will update the, the title to a string and it will return a riff. And you can, you can update the riff to change the title. But if you want, you can also providing a riff to that function. So it will binding them to the, to the title. So this riff, for some reason, you can uh, come, come up with the, uh, another function. Maybe you can, uh, use fetch to reach from the other resource. But anyway, you, if you're providing a, a riff to that function, it will be reuse that riff and to use that riff to update your title, which is being like connection between your data. So, and in recently, we also adding a more new conventions that you can pass in getter function. So you can say, it, you can you can add a function to it and then it you can ref- reference you can do some computed thing to it since you can uh, for computed it's accepting a, a function to to get some value right so if you have a double uh, you can have a counter uh, times two inside of a computed and when the counter changes the the computer will be changed so that fun- that part the, that argument of computed is a uh, is a function and it will returns a computed riff. Which is also a riff. Uh, in the past, you can use a computed and then pass that computed riff to use, uh, use title. But now you can just directly passing the function to it as a computed value. So you don't need to, uh, make, uh, intermediate, uh, riffs if you don't want. And we kind of refactoring all the functions to support that convention. So it'll also working well with the recently, uh, reactive transform. So where you don't you don't need to dot value at all, but you need to keep the reference of the value. So now you can you you can pass a
1: yeah being able to pass around ref like and share references like that seems like it'd be uh, super handy and like if you have multiple values that you want synchronized in the same way right like oh I always want these three things to read the same way like oh we can just share a ref and it'll be fine yeah right yeah yeah that sounds that sounds super handy cool. Um, awesome. Well, let's 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 ensure we have some time to talk about Vite here. Um, I guess to start with, can you tell me a little bit about why Nuxt uh, and Nuxt Labs, I guess, cares about Vite? Like, why does Vite matter to Nuxt Labs?
0: For me, I kind of think the reason is quite obvious: is that because of the performance and the developer experience since Vite is being like really fast and providing better, really really good uh, developer experience with with the instant HMR. Um, the hard module replacement, it will make you, uh, the feedback loop of a development really close to instant, I think. When you change the value in, inside of your code, it will be automatic. It will be instantly changed to your app, which I think in used to, uh, in, in the past, if you use Webpack or other thing, when, you, when, you, when your app gets larger, the, 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 the reload takes quite a few times, maybe a second or two, and it will, interrupt your, your workflows, I think. So y- if you want to just quickly try out things and you need to wait for every, every time you change to to say, okay, this, this one doesn't work, you need to change again. So uh, at that spec, uh, there's, um, I think, obvious reason to choose Vite to providing a better developer experience. And also, uh, since uh, Vite is developed by Evan you, the creator of Vue, so uh, and after uh, I think VIT 2.0. VIEW is also now switching to recommend recommend to use VIT by default. So it's also uh, a huge shift for the whole community, whole, for the VIEW community to like switch into VIT. And it's, it's obvious for a uh, reason for you for users want to use NUX to also want to use uh, VIT and enjoying the ecosystem of it.
2: It's Emily again, producer for Pod Rocket, and I want to talk to you. Yeah, you, the person who's listening but won't stop talking about your new favorite front-end framework to your friends, even though they don't want to hear about it anymore. Well, I do want to hear about it because you're really important to us as a listener. So what do you think of PodRocket? What do you like best? What do you absolutely hate? What's the one thing in the entire world that you want to hear about? edge computing, weird little component libraries, how to become a productive developer when your Wi-Fi is out. I don't know. And that's the point. If you get in contact with us, you can rant about how we haven't had your favorite dev advocate on or tell us we're doing great, whatever. And if you do, we'll give you a $25 gift card. That's pretty sweet, right? So reach out to us. Links are in the description. $25 gift card.
1: Gotcha. So, so does does Vite help with like Nux server side rendering at all, or is it? Is it really just to improve like the dev experience at um, like development time? Um,
0: we're providing uh, we're providing both Webpack and Vite um, as a configurations. If you prefer as a bundler, you can switch to. And when you're using Vite, it's entirely on Vite, so you you don't need Webpack at all. And it's also it is used for both uh, dev and for server-side rendering, and also for build. And we we kind of did a few tricks to that bit working on uh, dev, on, on a real-time SSR, since we need to build an app with a um, server-side version. And that that versions, uh we used to use uh, a watcher, and when you change the code, it will bundle the whole apps again. But that that thing will, lo- will lose the... The value of hard module replacement, um, even though, even though your apps load very fast, you need to wait for the, uh, SSR bundle to bundle, right? So we come up with some kind of like a trick to, um, um, I mean, I think it's wrong timing, uh, evaluate the, for each modules. So it basically, uh, in, in, in now it's also on demand. So when you request that module, we we, all, we only execute that module, the code that need to uh, render this 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 path or this route, and this also interestingly, and um, this is also becomes uh, a core of vdes which is running VIT, but in on Node side. Which now this project is now called VNode. It's to Use VIT's transformations. Use VIT's pipeline to do the transformation, and then execute them for the Node. So you can have a uh, really consistent, uh, the consistency of your your dev and your build, and also for server-side rendering. Since if you're providing a custom, uh, if if you're providing a custom plugins to do some transformation magic, uh, it's important to um, have the magic, have the magic for both your dev and build, right?
1: Nice. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome. And like, give, given the performance improvements that come with uh, switching to V, I feel like that has got to make the entire Nuxt development experience quite a bit better. Um, so that's super cool. I guess, how did you kind of find yourself? Uh, I, know, I know you talked about it more broadly, but how did you find yourself working on? Um, Vue. Like, how did you become interested in build tooling, or did it just seem kind of like a natural progression because you've been working on these other libraries that were tied to Vue for so long?
0: Yeah, I think, I think my 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 main motivation, my main motivations on developer experience is my my laziness. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm kind of being lazy to do some repetitive things. So, for example, like if you need to import the components in. Uh, to use it in every in every of your components and the register i kind of feel that i'm kind of being reluctant reluctant to do it so so i would try to find a better way to do it so i can have my code better organized or have my development speed uh faster yeah so also that's kind of why that i i made a a, a plugin for view uh, for Vite that um, auto import the components so if it follows a conventions. So if you put the components on the, the, components folder, um, you can, you can use them everywhere, but without the limitation of the global components, but it will be, um, import on demand with, uh, matching the philosophy of it. So it will be only used by, it will be only bundled or like, uh, transformed when you use them. So basically like, uh, that's kind of. Uh, my main motivation to do that. And also for, I think for open source in general, I can think the, uh, the comments or the feedback from the community is really, uh, the source of my motivation. So if, if I made the tools and people use it and people say, Oh, oh this, this is really great and save me a lot of time. That may make me feel, um, my, my work on these things is very valuable, not for me, but for also for others. So that's keep me. Driving me to like do more of the like, kind kind of kind kind of becomes like a bit magical.
1: Well, if you need if you need more motivation in that regard, I've independently stumbled upon both the Auto Importer plugin and View Use, and have used them heavily. So, yeah, major props. I have found them immensely useful. Um, Thank you. Yes, yeah, so let's let's talk about yeah yeah they're they're so good. I love it. Uh, I guess we we chatted with. Uh, Matthias Capoletto uh, a few weeks ago about Vite in general, and he was telling us about kind of you know like that whole development process and how you guys work on it. Um, I guess have you have you ever like taken energy or or thought about helping devs migrate um, like from Webpack uh, to Vite and what that looks like? Any, any any tips you could give developers who are kind of on the fence right now?
0: Yeah, I think I'm kind of being the lucky guy, so I don't I don't got a Webpack project to migrate to Vite, so. Yeah, probably i just starting new projects using VIT. So I, I actually don't have this concern, but I, I kind of understand that uh, it can be a, a long process or like a bit painful process to, to do it, when it, especially when your apps getting larger. And I think uh, from my work is basically on the on the tooling side. So uh, for Knox I made a, a tool called Unplugging, which kind of providing uh, uniform APIs for plugins to um, ha- have your plugins uh, right once to run on both Webpack and Vite, and also for row up and ESBuild if you want. So this one is that I'm trying to helping um, uh, the developers, the libraries authors, to uh, making it easier to supporting for both Webpack and Vite. So that's kind of being indir- indirectly helping users to migrate, I guess. So if you use the tools that work for both uh, for for both world, you can use this tool first, and then uh, when you migrate to uh, VIT, it doesn't change the behavior, so it will help you um, to like migrate easier.
1: Nice, awesome. Yeah, I mean that that does sound like it'd be super uh, super handy. Um, and then again, I know I know we're covering a lot and moving really fast, so I want to make sure that we've got we cover everything a little bit. And I want to talk about Vitest a little bit. What motivated you to start working on Vitest, and what is different about it compared to like? Jest or you know the other existing uh, JavaScript testing frameworks.
0: Yeah, I think the I think uh, the first is that I I love Jest a lot uh, before before Vdesk, I think so. Mostly like this is one of Jest is one of the most popular testing tools in the JavaScript framework, right? And I really enjoying the the out of box experience it provides. It providing the snapshot features and it providing the coverage and that's all of So you don't need to configure anything, but compared to the other solutions you need to, it's really hard to, like, for example, if you want to Mocha and I, I kind of feel that I, I don't know. I don't know. There's a way to get a snapshot working, which for me, I'm, I'm kind of being lazy people. So like, I'm really into using snapshot to do the testing. So I need, I don't need to write the, the, the result of the test. So, and the, the, the bummer of just is that at that time, it doesn't provide good ESM support. And while like for VIT is we are kind of advocating to moving the ecosystem to ESM since we shipping the ESM to the dev server. And that's, uh, that, that's your browser to handle the request and handle the part of downloading thing. So, and it will be becomes a bit harder to use just along with VIT since VIT is in ESM, but uh, just it doesn't. And the motivation for me is that, um, when we do the, uh, we, we do base, uh, we do bi-weekly meetings for VIT, uh, for the VIT team. And it's, there is a position for us is that we cannot really, uh, recommend a good testing tools, uh, in company with the VIT in our documentations. So people asking, um, how we can test, uh, uh, app, uh building with VIT. So. It turns out that it's, if, if you're using Jest, it will be a lot of configurations. And maybe it's easier for Mocha, but you are, lo- you are losing a lot of good features that Jest provided. So, and so with, with the, with the, the, the previous experiments we did in Nuts to run VIT on Node side. And I, and I kind of feel that, okay, maybe we can use VIT to build a testing tool. So you can reuse the pipeline and use your, reuse your plugins to, to run the test. And yeah, I think that's kind of being the reason it comes out and yeah, I work, I, I work really close with the Patak, uh, Mateus, uh, the other coding member of it. And we, we kind of caused um, uh, this, uh, this tool and then more and more like, uh, contributors comes in and we, I think we now have a six people team, uh, on uh. Uh yeah for for V test and we kind of iterating really fast and yeah, I think that's um uh really prompt team I can kind of have
1: yeah yeah like I was saying we we talked to we talked to Matias uh a few weeks ago and it was it was awesome he gave us tons of insight on uh on V three and like what was coming down the pipe uh, so go go check that one out if if you're interested um, listeners but um yeah so so it sounds like with uh V test it was almost it was almost it would have been it was motivated by it uh, having it would have been. It was motivated by the fact that it would have been a lot of work to try to get these other testing frameworks working in like a a, a Vite first environment, and it almost seemed easier to start writing a testing framework. Is that is that an accurate synopsis? Yeah, it's actually not easy to write. No, right, okay. right from
0: scratch. Of course. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Initially, my thought is that maybe I can uh, I can get a Mocha working with Vite and I can, I can use just snapshot to get the, the feature back to, uh, get the, the, the features we lost when like, uh, switching from, uh, switching from just, and we, I kind of, I initially, I was just trying to make an, and testing tool with uh, the bundle of the other tools or like a bit, like a pre pre configurations of how the, the, the testing tool could be. But it ended up with that maybe we want to have a more customization or maybe we can provide the better development if experience if, if we inline some some part of the components. So yeah, it turns out like we providing uh, we we you uh we initially use uh thing called Sino for mocking and for spinning uh uh inspect for spinning uh, a function core. And later we decide to like write my Right. Uh, one our own, which is not in the, in another organization called Tiny Labs, which are called Tiny Spy. Um, uh, yeah, we also care about the full point of the, the package. So that package will be really small. I think in, in a few kilobytes, I think. So yeah, basically, and it's not an easy work, but it's like being, it's just a natural output of like we trying to make a, Testing tools to work with Vite.
1: Right, so if if devs want to check out uh, Vitest, what like do they do they have to kind of be fully bought into the Vite ecosystem? Like, could you be using? Maybe this is a, a better way to frame this question. Like, say you're using Vite with React, could you use Vitest to test that app?
0: Yeah. Um. Just like uh, Vite is framework agnostic, Vitest is also framework agnostic. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. For, for example, like the VIT support, uh, of VIT is provided by, uh, a plugin called, uh, VIT plugin view. And when you install it, it will, only when you install it, it will transpile the, the views files, uh, into the correct JavaScript and to execute it, right? And since VITES also reused the VITES pipeline, so you can just use that plugin to, uh, in VITES to, to, to enable the, the testing for view. So similar for other framework like Servo or React, you you just in, install their their corresponding plugins and it will just work. And also, if you are not testing front end, if you want to test back end, it's also possible. It just um it use VIT, but you don't have to use VIT to build your app. But you can still use VIT to uh to to testing
1: your 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 functions. Oh, interesting. So what would that look like? Say say we have like a very basic you know back end framework system of some kind. How how would I use Vit to do that testing?
0: Yeah, you don't use Vit. You, you just use vdes And VDes will install Vit if you don't have if, if you if you I'm sorry, yeah VTes. Uh, Vit is one of the dependencies of vdes So even if you don't use VDES for your apps, it will install it if you if you install VTesk. And you can the the, the APIs of vdes is very similar to Jest. So we kind of being inherent from the, their, like, designs and their good parts. And we taken from that and also make it easier for people to, um, migrate from just to, to Vitesse. You, you just need, you just, uh, changing a few things to, to Vitesse and it should work, uh, for the most of the case. So the API is highly compatible. So it's just like how you testing functions with just, you can testing with, uh, test
1: yeah that, that was kind of that was my next question that is what the what the migration looks like so it sounds like you wouldn't have to change the logic or like the the, the functional part of most of your tests the apis are, are largely compatible yeah nice so uh is there any like say say see you uh you have an existing project with you know like a very extensive Jest test framework would you would the way to go about migrating then just kind of be like try to switch it out uh for v test and and update all those at once or like would there be like an incremental migration possible um what would you recommend
0: yeah i I'm, I'm not sure I'm not really sure about but um indeed that's um using the a basically similar format and you can you can run a test file for just and vDS maybe you can you can toggle space on folders or or files you you can, you can have a a a global rules of how the test being included so yeah, I don't think mo- most of the time you don't need to change the code and you can just try to run the test file with VDS instead. And if that would work, yeah, great. You can move into the next file. Yeah. It's basically like, indeed that's, it can be, um, uh, progressive if you want, but that kind need to ha- have a, have a, bit effort of split splitting test, which is for just, and which is for VDS. Yeah. I think this one is for like how you management your project.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it depends on like project structure and even like you know how you how you specify what tests are running against what. Um, so there's some nuance there, um, but cool. Yeah, thank you, thank you for kind of covering that a little bit with us. Um, I guess is there anything else you'd like to share? I know you have like a ton of projects and there's always a bunch of stuff going on. But anything else? Anything else you're excited about uh, or want to want to point listeners towards?
0: Yeah, I think maybe maybe give a try on on next story. So we've been working on this for almost two years and uh we are we are now like in rc phase we are closing to stable release and we did quite a few i think innovations to how the how adapt to or how a framework could be and how these tools could help you to um write better uh application while having good developer experience yeah and also uh in under next Three, we also have a new engine uh, server-side rendering engine called Nitron. And Nitron, um, is basically, uh, Aputure from, it's also a framework agnostic. It's an Aperture from NAX, but, uh, it can be providing as, a uh, an engine for a server-side rendering app. And for, I think for, 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 for any framework, it will work. But we, we mainly for using it for, for, for Next now. It's providing a uh, compatible layers for, uh, any of the providers, the, the deployment providers, for example, for uh, Netlify for Vercel or for Cloud Cloudflare Workers, and it also can deploy. Uh, it also can deploy to, um, I think, for Edge, uh, to to Netlify Edge or I think it's called Vercel Edge, right? It's all, also possible for static hosts uh, like GitHub Pages, or all, all of them are kind of providing a in, uh, universal interface. So you can write the code once and to deploy deploy the functions to any of the host, host uh, to, to any of the host uh, providers and to get the best performance of it. It's providing uh, server side functions to uh, mapping with the, the serverless functions for each providers, which they kind of having a slight different APIs and um, the the design, right? So we kind of ease out the difference. So uh, with the the power of Nitron, nux 3 is also working as um, you can write once and deploy to the uh, any provider you prefer. Yeah, I think if you are using Vue, you can you should definitely check out nux 3 And yeah, probably if you are tool author or framework author, maybe you can have a look at Nitron.
1: Awesome, cool. Well, yeah, we covered we covered so much. But uh, thank you for going through all that with me, Anthony. That was that was an awesome chat. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you.
2: Hey, this is Emily, one of the producers for PodRocket. I'm so glad you're enjoying this episode. You probably hear this from lots of other podcasts, but we really do appreciate our listeners. Without you, there would be no podcast. And because of that, it would really help if you could follow us on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you conversations with great devs like Evan Yu and Rich Harris. In return, we'll send you some awesome PodRocket stickers. So check out the show notes on this episode and follow the link to claim your stickers as a small thanks for following us on Apple Podcasts.